Hello and welcome to the Animation Club podcast. This is a Q&A featuring Andy Bailey. Please note that these Q&As were recorded across 2020 and 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Goodbye for now. Welcome Animation Club. So we're uh, starting slightly later today. Uh, we're joined by Andy Bailey uh, of Animation. I'll, um, I'll hand over hand over to you and you can introduce yourself and then we'll ask some questions okay yeah actually some i've had people think that my last name is mation (laughs) that's what my youtube channel is i'm a a stop motion animator and i have run a youtube channel um i worked on i worked on uh four of Leica's uh films um i was on paranorman uh the box trolls kubo and the two strings and then missing link and i have um i was also like um, kind of towards the end of that, I uh, was getting my YouTube channel going and doing lots of like flipbook animation on the YouTube channel. Um, and so that's what I'm doing full time uh, at the moment um, is YouTube channel. Um, I'm trying to mix in some stop motion in there like once in a while as I can. Um, but uh, yeah, that's me, I guess. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah, I um, I didn't realize I've, I've been looking at a lot of your videos lately um in advance it was actually one of the animation club who should be watching today that recommended um checking your stuff out and uh yeah i was i was surprised i found i only found out today that you work with Leica. um oh, okay. it's one of my favorite animation studios so um mm-hmm. and i didn't realize you were doing stop motion as well so i've, I've got a lot to catch up on with <laughs> with this stuff um I'll, I'll start the questions off um until we get some through the one that we usually start off with is uh, what got you into animation in the first place? I, I mean, I think um, probably like a lot of animators, I just kind of fell in love with it when I was a kid. Uh, I see, um, I was growing up when um, the, the California Raisins were like really popular um, and all of that uh, Will Vinton claymation. And there was something about that that just really grabbed me. Um, I think it was just see even more than 2D animation. I think there was something about seeing the clay, seeing something that was, you know, a real physical, tangible object and just the way that it moved and came to life that just, I don't know, I just thought was really magical. Um, so, you know, I experimented a little bit as a kid with uh, claymation and um, did, uh, did a little thing with Legos on my um, parents had a, a Super 8 film camera that I shot some animation on. And yeah, I don't know. I just really liked the stuff that I saw. Uh, Gumby, um, let's see. Chicken Run came out when I was, uh, let's see. I was like early in college when Chicken Run came out, like just starting college. That was kind of a big one. Nightmare Before Christmas, of course, when I was like a teenager. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I just really loved it. And uh, it was kind of when I was getting into um, uh, college that, you know, I was kind of realizing, oh, maybe this could actually be a, a career. Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't, I think like a lot of people, I didn't really know quite where I was going or what I was doing. I was really interested in filmmaking, uh, just narrative or um, yeah, storytelling, directing, documentaries, animation, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, just kind of fell in love with it when I was young and always had like a nostalgia about flip books and stop motion and stuff. But I, I tried doing a flip book with the animation club last week. Um, I've not done one for years myself, but <laughs> it didn't work out too well. But, um, but no, it, it was it's 
been great seeing that sort of stuff and it's made me i'm gonna try a bit more and try and see if my little one can try and do some as well <laughs> yeah. but um what got you what got you started doing your youtube channel what got you what made you decide to start doing that as a thing um you know it, even as I, I got into college and, and then started uh working more professionally as a stop motion animator i, I just always still had this um like really strong nostalgia for flip books. And I just, I had saved all the flip books that I made when I was a kid. And there was just something about the the simplicity of it. And just like that, I just remembered so clearly spending hours and hours just making these little stick figure animations. And um, just the, I don't know, I just like, it was just such a strong feeling as a kid, just that excitement of making something come to life that way. And so, um, yeah, I don't know, as I started, um, I was like, uh, I have th three boys and as they started um, growing, I was like excited to show them my old flip books and just like teach them how to do it. Um, but I had, uh, I had always been, I, I'd been posting stuff on YouTube for, for a while. It was mostly random stuff, short films, um, some live action stuff, um, stop motion. It was just like a hodgepodge of just things I had done. And uh, one of those videos uh, that I had posted was a uh, was called "Flip Books I Made as a Kid," and it was this. Uh, it wasn't a very good looking video. It was like back in 2011 um, that I, when I posted that, and it was just these three flip books that I made as a kid. I, I put it up, and for like seven, I think six and a half years, it just didn't. I mean, I didn't have a, a really a following at all at that point. Um, but for whatever reason. Uh, like six and a half, seven years later, after posting that video, it suddenly started getting shared everywhere. It, like the algorithm picked it up and just everybody started watching it. Um, so yeah, it was like 2017 or 18, something like that. Um, when that video just kind of went crazy and I was like, oh, maybe I should post more flipbook stuff. And so, yeah, kind of after that, I just started experimenting with posting more flipbooks and, and just doing more new flipbook stuff. and um yeah it just slowly like really took off and um, people just kind of really seem to get into it it yeah it's um like uh with i mean with animation generally i like that it's something that people can pick up and do and and, and learn it's it's quite an easy uh, thing to to experiment with isn't it um, mm. and flip books is quite a good example of that as well it's something that's accessible to to anybody really isn't it yeah, and I think I think that is a big uh, draw for uh, flipbooks is just like you said, uh, you know, like a a ten year old kid will see it and think oh, I could do that, and it just it just looks so accessible, and they know that they can find a stack of paper in their house somewhere, and mm -hmm. they just try it out, and um, so it's I don't know, it's been it's been really cool for me to see to get feedback from. I mean, everybody, but specifically kids and just how excited they get about, you know, trying this out for the first time. And they're always like really excited to send me a, a video of the, like the flip book that they've made and see what I think and stuff. Um, but, you know, but but not just kids, it's been like, it's been fun to see because um, I've done a couple of contests. And so people have sent me flip books and we've just, I've seen like a, like a huge range of ages. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun to see kids get so into it and excited and kind of, you know, start them getting interested in animation, but then seeing what, uh, you know, teenagers and college age people and adults create, um, 
don't know. It's just, it's just really fun. Um, in the last contest we did, we had a couple of 83 year olds who submitted flip books and it's just like, it's so cool to see just older people doing it. And I don't know. It's fun. It's been, it's, it's something that can span all, I say span all ages. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll just remind everyone you can send in your questions as well. I know that there's a bit of a delay with them uh, getting through to us, but uh, I know we've got a few people watching. Um, so, uh, working at Leica, were you um, serious stop motion animator? Were you were you more like a character animator, or, or? I got brought on to Leica um, kind of partway through Paranorman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked on Paranorman for about a year and. Yeah, when I first started, there was just uh, there was like a month or so of just kind of you know testing and practicing and um, getting used to the style and their puppets, and then um, um, yeah, and then I got put on some shots after that point, and just kind of you know full steam ahead uh, after that. But on, on Paranorman, I did a lot of the um, there are the scenes where the the kids are inside the van. Um, there's a couple of big scenes where they're in the van driving around, and I did most of the interior. Um, scenes where the kids are in the van so um you know some of the stuff where courtney and mitch are talking to each other and neil's in the back seat and then uh some stuff with with norman when he joins up with them and then um and then later the 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 one zombie gets on top of the mm-hmm. on top of the van and there's all the chaos as he reaches in and grabs neil and they start wrestling around and stuff um, but that was i don't know it was it was so fun um to do those shots Courtney's hair in particular, it was like a big thing. I was just, I loved animating her hair. Mm. Um, the way they had the, her ponytail that, I don't know, just the, the way that it worked was really, was really fun to animate. Um, if you've got like a specific, cause I, I, I hear a lot about people that have, for example, some people prefer to, or are better at animating the like action <laughs> shots or more of a subtle animation. Is there a specific bit that you either like to do or you're, you feel that you're best at in an animated film. Um, yeah, people, you do get cast on what, like the animation supervisor or the director feels, you know, what they see you're kind of best at. They'll, uh, they tend to just kind of cast you on those things. Um, so yeah, there are animators who kind of always get the action stuff um, or animators who always get the kind of subtle acting. I'm more one that gets the subtle dialogue mm-hmm. acting kind of stuff. The, the van stuff in Paranorman was kind of a nice mix of that. It was a lot of just kind of dialogue and, you know, that kind of uh, subtle acting that way. But then there was like, there was some pretty good action thrown in there too. But yeah, a lot of what I've done through like box trolls and um, Kubo and um, Missing Link was, yeah, it's a lot of that like talking kind of subtle mm. dialogue stuff. Uh, really on Kubo, there was a lot of like r- really subtle stuff that I did on on Kubo. When uh, Monkey and Kubo first get together and then they spend the night inside of that whale carcass um, and they have soup and stuff. Uh, so I did that scene in there. Um, so it was them kind of sitting, having soup and talking. And there was a lot of just really subtle stuff. <laughs> so, which sometimes the, the subtle, I don't know, I, I really love doing that. And I love doing the the little, so the, the increments from frame mm-hmm. to frame can be so microscopic you almost can't see them it's more like you feel it <laughs> you know what i mean you know you, you'll see it better over like 10 frames but from like one to the next sometimes it's hard to you know just as you're trying to keep a puppet alive or just kind of breathing but uh i can't i don't know where i was going with that That's but nice. yeah a lot, a lot of subtle stuff there that was yeah. that was really fun 
Um, we've got a couple of questions in, so uh, they're all from uh, Wilfred, who's, uh, as I say, the uh, animation club member that recommended you. So he says, how long does it take you to make a flipbook and then make the videos? It really depends on the on the flipbook. Um, I mean, it, if you just, you know, sometimes I can sit down and just, I don't know, whip up something that's kind of a doodle or a stick figure thing in, you know, like an hour. But if I'm really trying to put something good together, you know, it's like several days to a couple weeks or something like that. And every part of it is I'm kind of a perfectionist. And so um, in editing and like every part of it, I tend to really put a lot of effort into it, I guess. The one my uh, I have a, on my channel, there's a really big one that, that's like the anime style um, uh, called The Return of Grumpy Cloud. It's like a, I watched that one. Okay. Well, that one. Yeah, I was like really satisfied with that one after it was done, but that took a lot of, yeah, that was spread out over, I think three months or something, not not full-time three months, but it was like, you know, mixed in with other things. Um, that was just, that was lots of, I think it was like 35 work days or something on that one. Yeah. And then oh, you try, you really try to put a lot of effort into the edit as well, mm. just because there's some people aren't super interested in the, um, the behind kind of the making of part of it they just kind of want to skip the end um and see the finished flip books i try to make the the making of part and that edit you know uh engaging and entertaining and um i don't know i try, I try to make the montages kind of as fun as i can uh, i think they're brilliant i mean as i say i've been watching a lot of them to try and catch up um and uh what was the ones we watched uh, the ones i watched this morning i've watched the return of grumpy cloud which uh, I must say, it's got me wanting to watch Dragon Ball Z again now. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I now watched the Squiggle one where you ended up oh, yeah. where it came to life. That was how did you draw all over? Did you actually draw all over your your room, or or was that? Uh... Yeah, that one was that one was was really fun. Um, so I did not actually draw all over the room. Um, that was like a uh, well, it was we did that in post. Uh, thing. Right. What I did though is I I took. I took a photo of the room. Um, or, well, I, I had like, a, I mean, the camera was on a tripod, so I had like a still mm. shot of that angle. Um, and then I just hooked up my drawing tablet um, and drew just basically right over that frame so that I could right. kind of make all the scribbles look, you know, at the right angles and everything. But yeah, I basically just drew it in uh, after the fact and then kind of composited it and, you know, tweaked it a little bit as I needed to. but. That was yeah. really convincing. I did look at it thinking, right, he's got a got a lot of things up to do. <laughs> yeah. Um the the really I don't I don't know if I should tell this story. Um I probably shouldn't tell this story. The sad part of that video is um the way we there, there's one shot where the, mm. the scribble um flips cards in my face and all the cards go like at my yeah. face. I was gonna ask about that. <laughs> and we had um we had a little mishap there we we were using a drill with a big wheel on the end of it right. to like you know when you would touch you would spin the drill and mm -hmm. touch the wheel down on the cards and it would flip in my face yeah. we were just really dumb in in how we did that and there was like a really sharp edge and my wife ended up my wife was sitting there like holding the cards and and running the drill and she ended up like slicing her thumb really bad and had to get stitches but so every time i see that we kind of cringe because we remember her getting Injured okay. <laughs> I was going to ask how you did the. Uh, I, I did see sort of the bit of a drill in the uh, yeah. the making of at the end, but yeah, right. no, very effective though. Just yeah, 
You, did you edit out before the bloody cards came flying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, sorry, we've got some more questions from Wilfred here. Um, do you have to be a good team member or do you get to work by yourself? You've got to be, you have to be a good team member when you're, you know, working on a movie with the crew, obviously. Um, but yeah, now, right now by myself, I guess I don't necessarily have to be a good team member because it's just me. You still have to, I mean, you, uh, you've still got to be responsible enough, I guess. Um, self-discipline i think work, working from home or working for, by yourself is kind of a whole it's like a different set of challenges it's nice because you have freedom and it's your own schedule but there are challenges that um that come along with that because you you're kind of uh i don't know you're just you're running the show you're your own boss you have to set your own schedule and rules and, and all that stuff it's, it's just a lot more i don't know taking ownership of of more things so there's kind of a, a different set of challenges that come with it um, but the freedom is nice. Are you working on anything at the moment or have you got something planned for an upcoming project? Um, I mean, I've always got like a new video in the works. Right now I'm doing uh, one of my, well, actually my biggest video on YouTube so far was one where I, I went back and remade my first flip book. Um, I'm doing another one kind of along those lines where I'm I'm taking another one from when I was a kid and I'm remaking it now as, a, as an adult, um, which... I'm kind of running into some challenges because it's it's pushing me. I don't know. I um, I'm I'm honestly not like a, I don't consider myself a very good 2D animator. <laughs> so every time I want to do something that's a little bit, I don't know. I just I find myself getting pushed a lot when I'm doing flipbook. Sort of a um, I don't know, an ambitious idea. Um, I'm constantly having to kind of learn and do something that I don't know how to do. Um, but that's what I'm working on working on at the moment. Well, I think I think um, the two D stuff that you've been doing with your flip books is fantastic. The um, to to say that you don't feel like you're a good two D animator, I think it comes across really well in your flip books. I know it's a different oh, method, but yeah, it's fantastic. I'll tell you what, the uh, I, won't, I won't say sorry. I won't say like like I, that. I'm not good, but it's not like I've had so much professional experience as a stop motion animator. Mm. Like I have a lot of you know, I've built up a lot of confidence as a stop motion animator. The everything I'm doing in 2D or with flipbooks, I loved the comments on that video. Just everybody talking about how emotional the story was, and just I don't know. The the, the comments were really fun on that. <laughs> that was a really good uh, a good uh, thing. I'm I'm not usually good at the April Fool stuff, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, right, we've not got any more questions at the moment. Um, uh, sorry. Uh... I've run out of mine as well. I thought there'd be more questions by now. Um, the, uh, the nice thing about um, that Invisible Man flipbook, that yeah. whole video, is I was I cranked that out in like a half a day. You mm. know, it's just that's like the fastest video I've ever put out. I mean, one <laughs> because it was just it was blank, but even just the fact that I was able to get the video edited and the thumbnail and all that stuff done, it was just it was crazy fast. But I had the idea. I didn't have the idea till the morning of April Fools. Um, because I had gotten a, I saw online, I, I had gotten an email from uh, this company who makes action figures. Hmm. And uh, they sent out um, this this email that was kind of an April Fool's thing. They were selling an Invisible Man action figure. And it was just like the card and the plastic blister on the card. And there was no figure inside. <laughs> and it was like the Invisible Man. And it was such a funny concept. But they were, they actually sold, like you could actually buy it. 
you know, just kind of as a gag. Um, but I saw that and I was like, oh, I need to do a sequel to my Invisible Man flipbook. And so I just like hurried and, and got that video done. But um, it was fun. Anyway. Uh, Wolf was asking, um, what's it like to see a film you've worked on in the cinema or on Netflix and, and so on? It's pretty cool, I have to say. So <laughs> I, re- I don't know. I, I remember um, when I was when I was college age. Yeah, when I was like early in college, I remember sitting in the theater at a chicken run. Um, I was on a date with this girl and the movie ended and the credits were rolling. And I was just so in love with the animation and everything about it. Um, that as, as the credits were running, I kind of said in a sort of hopeful way, someday my name's going to be in, in the credits of a movie like that, you know, just kind of like hoping one day to work on a movie. And so then, yeah, eventually, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of crazy to come full circle to that, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, eventually see my name in the credits of a movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was really fun. It's it's fun, like going to a premiere with my family and having them like <laughs> cheer, you know, when they see my name. Um, yeah. That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, have you thought about doing any stop motion short films yourself? I'm sorry if you've already got some on and I've not seen them yet. But as you're doing little films and and you obviously doing your films have you thought about doing any shorts with stop motion yeah um and i i've done um this this one's a real i've got one that's like a mix of live action and stop motion it's mostly a live action film but it's got some stop motion elements in it that i did when i was it was like my senior project in in college i i still like it like i still like it quite a bit um uh even though it it's a bit older but um I've done a couple things on my channel for um, for brands, you know, like um, I've like wrote and directed and animated little stop, you know, like little one minute long uh, stop motion shorts. I did one with little um, those little mini skateboards uh, tech deck, a short film for them, and then um, I did one for this uh, this lawyer group who who did the who, every year they do a uh, kind of elaborate uh, christmas card like a video christmas card um, so i did a thing for them that was a lot of fun a couple years ago um but yeah but yeah as far as of my own stuff i've got one short story that i feel like i've been talking about it for for years like too long i just need to start doing it but um it's all it's all written and uh, that's one that i'd like to turn into a short uh probably just like shoot it here in my garage mm. And then I'll get ideas once in a while. I've just got to figure out how to get them off yeah. the ground. I've, um, yeah, it, I mean, it takes a while, doesn't it? I mean, the um, I've done a few Q and A's now, and it's this, it's the same thing. You, uh, sometimes it's a surprise to hear someone say, "I've had an idea," and then it's been years in the making, even if it's just a short mm-hmm. film. So it's, it's, it's it doesn't mean it won't happen. Sorry, we've got another question. Uh, do you have a lot of expensive equipment or do you improvise? Uh, it's probably a mix of both. Um, uh, I, I definitely believe in uh, like using what you've got um, uh, and making something with, with what you've got um, and then upgrade as you're able to upgrade, which I that's something that I kind of, uh, have struggled with a little bit at times is being kind of perfectionistic about things and getting caught up in like, Oh, what camera is going to give me the best quality and 
you almost start focusing more on it's easy to get distracted and focus more on that stuff than just kind of making something and i remember uh, <clears throat> there was a while back or a few a few years back i ran across this guy's youtube channel and he would make these little 2d cartoons and they were like not not great quality the video quality wasn't wasn't very good but i was so inspired by just the fact that he just did it you know it didn't, it didn't really matter that the quality didn't look the greatest <clears throat> so yeah i think just kind of forcing you, yourself to just forget about perfection and, and just do something helps quite a bit getting stuck into it yeah yeah i'm a, I'm a lot like that myself is trying to just see what you can come i mean i, I feel like um I usually put it as I'm quite good at winging it. <laughs> so just yeah. uh, trying to see what you can do. The problem solving side of it is always quite fun. And yeah, there's a YouTuber I follow that, um, again, he just sort of, he just makes stuff. And he did, and when I watched his stuff, it's Bobby Duke. I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff, but uh, mm -hmm. he, he makes like just all sorts, really he does everything from rock carving to making miniature weapons and things. But it's just the way he just grabs one of his old tools he got from the um an old shop or something and then just just goes and makes it and tries it out and i've been inspired mm -hmm. to do that so it's the same with everything else trying to just get get going and and get stuck in is always quite fun and then you can yeah. learn as you go then as well so yeah that's really cool and well and i think um as i've gotten older i don't know what it is about i think I feel like when you're a kid, our kids naturally have this thing where they just don't, they don't sort of overly question themselves too much mm. um, or overanalyze. You can have a kid, uh, a stack of paper and say, hey, make a flip book. And they just sit down and they just, they just go, with it. you know, five seconds later, they have an idea and you're like, what are you making? And they're like, oh, I'm going to make this thing where this happens and this happens and this happens. And then adults tend to, I don't know, question a lot more. And it's just, it's so much more labored to try to. I don't know yeah, what that is, but it's almost like your brain slows down and says, "Well, think about this," and the kid's just going, "No, no, just going to do it." Gonna... Yeah, yeah. So, so I think like trying to tap into that a little bit more and just kind of going for something, I think, yeah, helps sometimes. I think what was handy was that another one of the videos I watched earlier was the five-minute flip book that you were doing, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that seemed like quite a good exercise to just try and see what you can come up with in, in a limited time period was quite a good exercise. Yeah. yeah. And I think I should probably do that more because I don't know. Yeah. Putting, I think uh, get, putting, uh, having like a challenge like that or a time limit or something like mm. that, it does force you to kind of just jump in and, and do something. And then I don't know, at least when I did that video, I felt like there were a couple things that I drew that I was kind of like surprised. Oh, this is kind of cool. But, I don't know how to say it. I wouldn't have been able to kind of plan it ahead of time, but it was just, mm. it was the act of just getting in and kind of trying something that yeah. you, I kind of was able to discover something. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's like um, there's a drawing exercise that I always keep in mind uh, along the same lines of, um, it was mainly with life drawing, but it's, it's limited time again for the poses. Uh, the character, the, models moving so you have to try and draw quickly and then also drawing people in real life so if you're waiting at a bus stop or a train station or something and drawing people 
um, without them realising because any moment now they can move or change position. Um, and it makes you try and get the drawing down quickly. And Yeah, I like that idea. That's, that's cool. Quite, that kind of thing is, is, and the same in animation, limiting your time and resources can inspire you to try and think more, I suppose. And, mm -hmm. Well, y yeah, you sort of think more about it, but you're also thinking less because you don't, you're limited. So you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think you're right though, because it is sort of, um, um, I think you're, you're probably right about doing, or I don't know, ha having things that are like regular exercises that you do, mm. um, because it is, it is, it is like, exercise like training your brain to sort of do those things better and faster um and then yeah I, sorry i was just thinking about because then i feel like there's sort of a balance between just doing something mm -hmm. um, and then that side of you that might be kind of a perfectionist or uh if you can sort of blend those two things i think maybe mm -hmm. that's where you get you can create something really great um yeah because because sometimes you know if you're kind of a perfectionist about something it's going to push it over it's it's going to just give it that much more and you know you can take something from good and make it great mm. um, but you just can't get too hung up in the beginning uh, of you know sometimes it can at, at least for me it can almost stop me from just starting at all mm. so you've got to just you've got to get past that part of just starting and then you can do the perfectionist stuff maybe at the end i think that's a good way of putting it i know exactly what you mean there and i've got that feeling as well i can overthink things get try and think if i'm not going to get this done the way i want it to i might as well not start mm -hmm. um and i mean again no looking at the short version of things is um a lot of films uh, or even short films there's usually like a pilot trailer or a five minute thing that someone's created and thought about it a bit more afterwards mm -hmm. um and and things like i mean even movies there's like student films that then have become a feature film because they've elaborated on it afterwards after right. the event so it's i right. suppose another way of see so like you say leave your perfectionist side until you've got the initial idea down so that you've got somewhere to yeah. start from i suppose yeah and there, there is one thing I do that um, maybe is sort of along those lines is uh, just writing. I'll sit down and do just free writing, uh, just, you know, um, whatever kind of comes into my head, I just start writing and I kind of go with it and it might just be a page. Um, but I don't worry about creating anything really great. I'm just kind of writing a scene and I just kind of go with whatever the thought process is but then but sometimes those ideas I go back and look at them later and I'm like oh there's a lot of there's potential for a really good idea there and then you could take it and like really elaborate it and sculpt it and stuff I think I need to do more of that myself I've got lots of things rummaging around in my head and I just forget yeah. half the more I <laughs> overthink them in my head and then forget where it started it's quite I suppose it's quite good to get stuff down quickly and yeah get it there some more questions. So uh, has COVID affected your work at all? Um, not really for me, to be honest, just because I was already working from home. Uh, so that didn't change. It, it did affect things in the sense of uh, because a lot of my income is from YouTube, from ad revenue and brand sponsorships and things like that. And when, <clears throat> when COVID hit, a lot of the brands kind of scaled back and pulled back their budgets. And so ad revenues dropped a bit and, mm. uh, you know, sponsorships 
really dropped like the you know where um before covid a brand was willing to pay you know so much money for for a you know a shout out in, in a video and then once covid hit the, you know it was like the budgets dropped in half kind of a thing but things have kind of slowly started to come back up to somewhat normal as far as that stuff goes but as far as kind of how how i do things it's pretty much kind of stayed the same we do have our um we uh i manufacture a flipbook kit mm. um also and um that that was impacted a bit because we do that overseas where it's manufactured in in china um so there was like a big production delay um because of covid and we you know like ended up running out of stock just because we couldn't get our stuff here um but things have gotten back to normal there too so it's interesting to hear how things can be affected uh, jobs that you wouldn't think so for example like say youtube it's it's you can work from home with that but there is with the adverts and the the shop being affected by covid as well um, mm -hmm. things you wouldn't uh, consider but then still gets affected yeah um, so uh wolf was asking has mm -hmm. animation techniques and technology changed since you started working in animation i mean i've seen a, i've seen a big change from like when i was a kid of course till now uh i think the biggest change over the past like 10 years or so or maybe 15 is uh like 3d printing um especially with leica how much they've utilized that for the for the faces um that's been kind of a, a game changer i think for for stop motion even from like what they were doing on because they did 3d printing on uh, Coraline, um, but then they were still you know hand painting every face and i think probably doing a little bit of sanding and stuff there was still a lot of um of uh that kind of uh well, the yeah, hand hand painting work that needed to be done, and then by the time uh, we got into like Kubo and Missing Link, it was a lot more of printing faces for like every shot, like every you know they would print a set of faces that were specific to that shot. So where on Paranorman, for example, you'd have a, a a library of like thousands of faces to choose from. You'd have all these different kits, and you would have you know just you'd have to pick and choose from all the different expressions. Um, on Missing Link, it was just like they were all customized and you would just print out the whole slew of faces for that one shot. Um, so then you were able to get a lot more subtle with the expressions and everything that way, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, but that, that's been a big thing and any other, you know, all the, um, <clears throat> uh, green screen and, and all that stuff has, um, kind of in the same way that they use it in live action movies, it'll be used in stop motion movies, just where, uh, to composite in backgrounds and, and things like that, just to um, uh, do things that would kind of be impossible to do practically. Um, and of course, yeah, when um, I remember when I was younger and first really getting interested in animation, the software wasn't that great. Um, I remember the the lunchbox was like, it was like it was a frame grabber. It was like yeah. this lunchbox sized frame grabber with these buttons on it. That was kind of like the big tool that everybody used. Um, and then yeah, eventually dragon frame came out. So just, just having like the, the better frame grabbing software has made a huge difference. So you can actually see what you're doing and, um, yeah. And being able to use just the digital SLR cameras with the live feed, you know, the live video outs like made a huge difference when I was first starting, I was working at this little independent, uh, stop motion studio and we didn't have that live feed out of the cameras. And so we would get little, uh, like CCTV 
cameras and hook it up to the back of the the SLR camera looking through the viewfinder. And so we had this really kind of shadowy, grainy view of what the camera was seeing. But um, so then once ah. the camera started having that, that live view out, it was a lot better. But I don't know, just things like that. This is definitely nice how it is now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I love the um, I love the ingenuity of things like that. The uh, looking through with a CCTV camera. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, got another question from Wilfred. Who's your favorite animator? That's not you. Uh, I mean, one one animator that really inspired me when I was younger. Well, I mean, of course, I I loved all of like Will Vinton's stuff, but of a specific mm -hmm. animator. Um, there's this guy named Mike Jitlove, and he made this weird short film uh, called The Wizard of Speed and Time. It was like back in the, it must have been in the early 80s. Uh, actually, it could have been before, it could have been like 79. I, I can't remember the year. I, I saw it in the 80s. <clears throat> um, but he used all these like pixelation techniques and stop motion techniques and just seeing what he did and the creativity, all this like weird, um, yeah, pixelation stuff where he was like, mm just speeding down roads and like flying through the air and just doing all this cool stuff. Uh, that was something that when I saw it when I was younger, just like made a really strong impression on me. As far as animators today, I don't know. I mean, everybody, all the animators that I worked with at, at Leica are just, it, it was so inspiring to see everybody's work there, you know, cause we would, we would all be working and, and every day you would get to see whatever new shots came in. Um, you know, Oh, Rochelle did this shot or, uh, Oh, look, you know, the shot that Dobrin did or Travis or Jeff. You're always like looking at each other's works and uh, it's just always like inspiring and you like go frame by frame to see like how they did that. Um, so I don't know. I probably don't have like one specific animator, but just working like uh, working alongside all the animators that like it was just always really um, inspiring to see what everybody did. Did, did you ever work with um, <laughs> our next guest? Uh, for a Q and A next month is um, Justin Rash. He worked at uh -huh. Leica. Yeah, 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 yeah. Justin and I are pretty good buddies. Yeah. Um, he's he's so he's such a cool guy. Yeah, he would always get put on. He's one that always did a lot of action stuff. Yeah, um, he's really good at that. But yeah, we we both came on Paranorman kind of at a, a very almost the same time. I think I just got there a few weeks before he did, mm. and so we kind of like became good friends then, and we're kind of. Uh, I don't know, just because we were kind of at the same stage and everything there, and but yeah, he's he's really cool. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's on uh, he's on next month. So mm -hmm. he's gonna be the Q and I guess next month. And he's doing some really fun stuff now. Well, I'm yeah. sure, he's it, but he's doing a lot of fun stuff now, and um, with like the He-Man figures and mm. all that stuff. Yeah, he's been doing some good um, how-to videos with animation as well, sort of like behind the scenes of mm -hmm. animation stuff, which is similar to what I was going to start doing at the start of covid and that sort of other projects have taken priority unfortunately but i've yeah. continued to be a animation club um but yeah um there's no more questions there um is there anything that you'd like to oh hang on <laughs> no we've got an off-topic question what's your favorite food <laughs> um i don't know what my favorite food is when i was younger i probably would have said lasagna I do like lasagna and spaghetti and stuff like that. I guess it's like Italian stuff is really good. Spaghettios and meatballs. The Chef Boyardee spaghettios and meatballs. That was like, as a kid, that was my, <laughs> what I would have said that was my number one favorite food. <laughs> now, I don't know. I like avocados. Mm. 
I've not, I've not really eaten much avocado myself. Um, I mean, around the time now, I'm a bit unhealthy because it's just been Easter. So um, probably, yeah. I'm, I'm eating the Easter eggs so my children don't. So uh, I'm, I'm doing it for the good of uh-huh. <laughs> the good of their health. I'm, I'm eating them all. <laughs> yeah, way to sacrifice. Yeah. So uh, I think we're, we're almost coming to an end uh, of the interview. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about? Any advice for anybody that's starting out with animation or or or, or YouTubing, for example? I know that a lot of uh, young viewers are like the YouTube, uh, creating things for YouTube. So Just to kind of learn as you go. And as far as learning, um, learning animation, I didn't take any animation classes in college or anything like that. Like I, everything I, I learned about animation was from uh, animation books or uh, just learning it as I did it on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then looking at what other animators are doing, but like, mm-hmm. honestly, just kind of getting in and trying stuff out and, and doing it, I think is kind of the best way to learn. Mm-hmm. And then um, I c- I've kind of talked about this at other times, but as you, become a better animator, part of it is learning how to see better. Hmm. Uh, sort of sounds weird, but it's like when I look at my early, uh, like stop motion work, work specifically, I remember at the at the time doing this, like I would do these little test animations. And at the time I would make something and think, it, this looks great. And then I look at it now and I see like all the problems with it um, and how it's like jittery and clunky and and, and not smooth. Um, but it's just, it's interesting. You, you can't see what's wrong with your own stuff until mm. you keep doing it and then you go back. So I've noticed as I've gotten better at, at animation, it's like from frame to frame, it's sort of learning how to track lots of different things. Mm. Um, uh, you're just, you're watching a lot more things and you're just able to learn to see better, <laughs> like from whether things are moving correctly or not. I don't, that probably sounds really obvious, but yeah, it's like, it's, uh, if you focus on sort of tracking, like if you've got a character walking, if you, if you track so many more um, elements of their body or their, their head, you know, you watch what the ear is doing, you make sure the ear is moving smoothly. You watch what the nose is doing and you watch how the jaw is moving and you watch the, the arm. Um, I don't, that probably sounds really obvious. No, no, it, yeah. it's learning to look closer and just be able to see better and analyze movement better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really just kind of comes through through doing it, um, watching other people's work. If you find some animation that that you like, look at it, kind of go through it frame by frame. Um, if there's animators that that you like, just kind of you know really um, look at their work and see if you can kind of figure out what they're doing. But yeah, a lot of it's just doing it and practicing and stuff. I think. Brilliant. Yeah, we've, we've naturally come to the end of the the Q and A now. Well, thank you very much for your time, and we'll um, yeah, it's been great to talk to you, and and brilliant. Thank you for answering our questions, and yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Wilfred says thank you as well, and um, yeah, uh, take care, stay safe. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to this Q and A podcast. We would like to thank Andy Bailey for speaking to us and the Animation Club for their hard work. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Goodbye.